Today on the show, we know your Master of Assassins has assigned you some heavy reading, and we're here to hit you with some spark notes. Welcome to Gamjabar, your guide to the iconic world of Dune. We will be exploring the themes, philosophies, and characters found in the sandy depths of this vast universe, from Frank Herbert's groundbreaking novels to the adaptations on film and TV. My name's Leo. And my name's Abu. And today we are tackling what might be one of the most challenging subjects <laughs> by a margin, but I think it's going to be good. It's an exciting peek into part of the futurism of dune as much as dune can often seem kind of archaic you know yeah for sure today's episode is gonna be capital h heavy (laughs) and we did a lot of prep for today we did a lot of research but it's such an important topic i mean religion is huge in dune and we're gonna touch on that in a little bit but we want to unpack it through the lens of a single concept in the Dune universe, which is the OC Bible, which we'll focus on much more today. Yes. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, we can't forget to take care of some housekeeping. (laughs) Always. (laughs) So first and foremost, today's episode was a listener suggestion, not from one of our dear listeners, but from two of our wonderful, wonderful listeners. So huge shout outs to Drew Bagley and Ronald... Innes. Innes. Innes, I think. <laughs> Probably. Sorry, Ronald. Uh, yes. Thank you, Drew and Ronald. Amazing idea. Although very heavy to research. A lot of fun. This is, I am glad to say, a spoiler-free episode. Mm-hmm. We are only going to be talking about events that take place like tens of thousands of years before the first pages of Dune. Yeah. This episode is, I think, very good for giving you more context when people say things the first time you're reading it. Right. Totally agree. I would go so far as to say that this episode is maybe one of the foundational ones that will help you understand and appreciate Dune even more, either on your first read through or on your second reread. Yeah. A couple of our episodes, including our first timeline two-parter, are so essential to understanding Dune, whether you're new or you're jumping back in after a while. Today is one of those episodes. Agreed. But as always, we do want to remind you, just like Drew and Ronald, you can reach out to us and connect with us at gomjabarpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your episode ideas. Let us know what you thought about episodes we've released. We love to hear from all of our wonderful listeners. And if you have an episode idea, just like today, we might do it. Absolutely. Also, friendly reminder, final bit of housekeeping, mm-hmm. our Dune mm-hmm. Book Club. Dune Book Club. Book Club. Book Club Hype Love Books uh, launches on May 28th. So if you plan to read along, you'll want to make sure that by the episode, the first episode of the book club on May 28th, you will have read the first 105 pages of the current version of Dune. Or if you're reading an older version or a different version, it's kind of at a section break on the sentence, I should place more trust in my friends. So cute. Kind of. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're going to be participating in that Dune book club with us and reading along, whether it's your first time ever cracking the book open or it's your 97th time, we're stoked (laughs) to have you. Absolutely. And that launches very, very soon. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's all of the housekeeping that we needed to take care of. Yes. Let's freaking get into it. Today we're going to be talking about the OC Bible. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be going over the history of the OC Bible, how it came together, and through that discussion, we're going to be weaving in a conversation about the role that religion and spirituality plays in the Dune universe because it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge, yeah. If you can think of Dune as a house yeah. or a, some sort of building, the one single foundational pillar that is holding the entire damn thing up is the theme of religion. Oh, yeah. It is such an important theme throughout the entire Dune saga. And I promise this is going to be fun. <laughs> We're going to try to keep it light. Right. But it is, you know, as we explain the OC Bible, if you've read Dune already, you actually may not know some of this stuff because... Although the OC Bible is mentioned, and, and we should say it's the Orange Catholic Bible, not the Orange County Bible, because <laughs> I, went to, I went to college in, like, OC, and uh, it's not the OC, it's, it's Orange Catholic. <laughs> That's a Catholic. different Bible? It's we don't a different talk about Bible. that. <laughs> it's, it's, that Bible is not mentioned in this book, I'm sorry <laughs> to say. Yeah, no, the Orange Catholic Bible is mentioned really numerous times throughout the book. You know, it's... For literally the first few chapters, you're already getting drops of quotes from it and you actually see one, but it's never really central and also it's mm -hmm. never really explained. So Classic. <laughs> it's cl typical, typical Frank, <laughs> but it's really cool. And to your point, religion and tradition and how humans deal with these bigger questions is absolutely central to the story of Dune. And the more we kind of understand this, I think the better of a time we'll have going through this story together. So, yeah, we're going to be going into the uh, deep, deep, deep into the <laughs> history of the Orange Catholic Bible and religion in the Dune universe. Hell. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Bible Studies 101. <laughs> You thought you left that behind in Catholic school. It's back, baby. Yeah. Plus, like, Zen Buddhism school and Quran school and all of the schools. Right. It's a journey. Oh, man. So let's talk about it. So, Abu, what is this Orange County Bible? No, Orange Catholic Bible. What is the Orange <laughs> Catholic Bible? So... I'm about to say a very long <laughs> sentence, yeah. none of which will make sense, but I promise we will break it down. It's kind of the thesis. We'll yeah. explain it. Yeah. The Orange Catholic Bible was a religious text mm -hmm. that attempted to combine all the major earth religions, mm -hmm. released after a massive seven-year undertaking by the Commission of Ecumenical Translators uh -huh. after the events of the Butlerian Jihad. Need we say more? Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> We've explained it. We hope you enjoyed, and you now have a thorough and deep understanding of religion in the Dune universe. <laughs> Just kidding. What does that even mean? Every other word in that sentence feels made up. Yeah. But <laughs> we're going to break it down. For sure. And to start breaking it down, before we even get to the actual Orange Catholic Bible itself... It's important for us to understand the role that religion played in Frank's Dune universe right. before the Butlerian Jihad happened. And what's interesting here is that there's not a whole lot of detail. So right. Right. Frank isn't stating religions, right? He never actually says words like 
Islam or Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism. He's intentionally vague about this part of human history. What is in Dune, quote unquote, ancient human history, because remember, we're talking tens of thousands of years before the first pages of the first novel. Right, right. So he doesn't actually name any religions. What he does instead, though, is he chooses to take concepts and terminology and words and phrases and kind of mashes them together into terms like Nava Christianity or (laughs) Buddha Islamic or Zen Hegigansha. Nice. Yeah. And these are basically religions in the Dune universe that have evolved from the religions that we in real life today know. And you can obviously see the roots. Buddha Islamic is just Buddhism and Islam (laughs) smashed together. Right. So Frank isn't specifically talking about the religions we know today. These are sort of evolved versions with new names and new tenets and beliefs. Right. And I think it's important for me to pause here, Leo, and just remind our listeners that Frank is a person what? <laughs> Who had his own biases and his own upbringing. Right, right. And his own lens through which he looked at the world, right? So I think mm. there's important context here to know about Frank himself. Okay. Frank was raised as a Catholic before later converting to Zen Buddhism. Oh, interesting. So I think that's important context to just sort of keep in mind as we have this conversation about religion in this fictional Dune universe, because obviously Frank's own experiences and knowledge with religion will affect the way that he writes about ideas of religion. That makes a lot of sense, actually, (laughs) knowing that now. That's, That's interesting. And I wanted to stress here, it's interesting how very obviously widespread space travel would of course have an impact on earth religions you know like yeah i don't know that i've really heard it talked about in some of the other mainstream kind of sci-fi series but there is this sort of in dune this natural evolution right you're kind of questioning old beliefs your classic scriptures you know uh have to be updated because suddenly we're not just on this one planet we're all over the place and you gotta think like uh, even just basic mysticism you're staring out into the freaking void of space, <laughs> the <laughs> eternal, dark, cold void, and you're going to have thoughts and you're right. going to have questions. Suddenly you're going to have more <laughs> questions than you did before on this one single yeah. puny planet. Yeah. Looking out over the Grand Canyon is a little different <laughs> than looking into <laughs> millions of light years of dead, cold space. Right. So, you know, I really like this. I really like this. And There's actually, from the appendix, there's this quote here. The ancient formulae, intertwined, tangled together as they were, fitted to the needs of the new conquests and new heraldic symbols. Mm -hmm. So cool. You know, the basic tenets of a lot of human religion kind of adapted to the new challenges of humans, humans' journey through the galaxy. And, of course, symbols and their related meanings also had to evolve as people traveled. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's so interesting if you sort of step back and think of it in the context of science fiction storytelling, because just as you mentioned, Leo, a lot of sci-fi either just sort of avoids this question of God or religion or just decides that humanity has moved on and is lives in like a post-religion universe now. I'm actually reading through Isaac Asimov's Foundation series at the moment. Cool. And 
it's kind of funny they don't say the word God in that series. Everybody, when they have to like exclaim and be like, oh, my God, instead, they'll, they'll say things like, oh, my space. <laughs> and it sounds silly to our ears, but Asimov is like consciously making that decision that in his fictional future, right. humanity has moved past the concept of religions and gods. And I feel like a lot of sci-fi just does that to avoid this sort of tangled web of tackling religion. Frank, on the other hand here, <laughs> my man dives in feet first. Oh, yeah. And make, makes it like a core, core theme of his novels. It's interesting that he takes that approach. And it, it, it's it's become such an important part of the Dune universe. I mean, he even approaches this sort of challenge with a sense of almost like cynical practicalism with his humans. Yeah. Because as humanity sails into this terrifying black void <laughs> and these broad questions of life and purpose and, you know, the idea of God, you know, these become less, less immediately important. You know, like this idea of like, what is my life's purpose? Like pales when you're like, oh shit, meteors. <laughs> you know, like, right. I imagine that it's, there's more of an immediate concern which makes room, as Frank puts it, this kind of makes room for those who kind of claim to offer some sense of safety or some sense of security, whether it's like prescience yeah. or the ability to make sense of things. Those people who claimed to or could right. make sense of things suddenly had this great outlet in Frank's future. Yeah, exactly. And one of those people, the encyclopedia hints very heavily here and basically outright states. Yeah is the Bene Gesserit. Yeah. Around this time when humanity is exploding out into the stars and faiths and religions and beliefs and mysticism are evolving and changing and crumbling and growing, the Bene Gesserit are seizing this opportunity to claim power. And we're bringing that up now because they're going to become relevant a little later on. But that's just a little fun fact about Bene Gesserit history. It's around this time that they begin to consolidate their power. They're still many thousands of years from rising to their peak, but... This is the origin point of that. Yeah. Now, we mentioned earlier that these scriptures and religions are evolving and adapting to humanity's new life among the stars. Right, right. And the book actually gives us a very, very clear example of that. Right. In the appendix at the end of the first Dune novel, there's a whole section about religion. And it gives this example that it said that during this time period when humanity is traveling the stars and questioning everything they knew about themselves in life. <laughs> yeah. It said that during this time, Genesis was reinterpreted to fit the mold of galactic expansion. Right. So here's a direct quote from the appendix, actually. And this is the new version of Genesis that it evolves into. Right. The new version of Genesis says, quote, increase and multiply and fill the universe and subdue it and rule over all manner of strange beasts and living creatures in the infinite airs on the infinite earths and beneath them. End quote. It's so, it's so interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's crazy because yeah. that's different from what Genesis says now in many versions of the Bible. Right. And to be totally transparent, I had to Google this. I wasn't raised Christian. Right. I was raised... Muslim. So I, I Googled Genesis and I was curious, what's the original quote of Genesis? And the quote is, when God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he commanded them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over all creation. 
and that's Genesis one twenty eight. I don't know how to say that one. <laughs> yeah, one twenty eight. One chapter twenty eight. I, I, I don't I know. think just one twenty eight. <laughs> the people who know know. <laughs> yeah. We're sorry. Okay, we're sorry. <laughs> so that is so interesting to me yeah. that the words of Genesis are changed and adapted in the Dune universe to fit this idea that uh, maybe we just don't fill earth and we fill the galaxy <laughs> so yeah it, it's really interesting that's one very clear example of how religion in the dune universe right. is evolving at this point right there's all this change happening with the text already i mean there's just already change happening with people's faiths and the books and the organizations and then we get this cute little event uh -huh. called the butlerian jihad which yikes is huge and again this is two generations basically of violence against machines or artificial intelligence and this is the reason why there aren't computers in dune because any kind of machine made in the image of man or thinking machines become outlawed after basically a small sect of humanity gets roll roll violent mm -hmm. but this again kind of brings around this core concept that is absolutely at the heart of the dune universe which is quote man may not be replaced yeah and you know sounds good right <laughs> again if you were sympathetic to the artificial intelligence that we created and gave life to it sounds a little exclusionary <laughs> it sounds a little bit like <laughs> okay all right but that's fine and again through through this right through this jihad this butlerian jihad people began reevaluating their rituals and beliefs and many people who were complacent with the anti-machine crusades the kind of anti-machine warfare many people who were complacent with that weren't necessarily super down with effectively these like massive battles and like yeah. slaughtering of millions and millions and millions of these machine life forms a, a machine genocide yeah a it's a machine genocide yeah and, and again, people would then question, because of this, their faith and their beliefs. And am I right? You know, it's that sort of resounding cry when you're looking down on the on the battlefield. Yeah. It's a lot, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And this is, once again, the second time that humanity is reconsidering their beliefs in Frank's universe. Right. The first time, as we talked about, was when humanity exploded it across the stars and suddenly space was human domain right now the second time is when this bloodlust explodes across the stars and we decide we no longer can trust or work with advanced basically artificial intelligence our creations our creations and we destroy them and slaughter them and many of them are yeah arguably conscious beings and we've talked about that in previous episodes yeah how it, it really is like genocide is such an appropriate word it's the wiping out of an entire subsection of human creation right and of course that's going to rattle people to the core right. and all of a sudden for the second time in human history and again these events take place thousands and thousands and thousands of years apart like this is not happening like back to back <laughs> yeah like 2021 2022 like the this is happening very far apart, but once again, humanity questions their beliefs. Yeah. And once again, the Bene Gesserit are here to help. <laughs> <laughs> They're always there. They're always there. They're like, you know, hey, do I, is that an opportunity to seize power? Oh, oh is, did someone leave this out for me? Yeah. <laughs> so this is now officially 
where the OC Bible comes into play. So with the subtle sort of encouragement and nudging from the Bene Gesserit and a new group called the Spacing Guild, which formed after the Butlerian Jihad. We talked about that extensively in our timeline episode. Right. These two groups see an opportunity to seize power and shape the future of humanity. And so they nudge religious leaders across the galaxy to start meeting and start planning something that will eventually be known as the Orange Catholic Bible. So let's talk about the formation of the book itself. And to reemphasize here, we just covered a lot of events. We are still more than 10,000 years before the first pages of Dune. So just to put that in perspective, think about all the major religions in today's, you know, today, and how many of them (laughs) are younger than that. So keep in mind as we're talking about this. Right. The stage is set, right? We have this soul-searching period, and these representatives from these major religions are gathered together. And initially the challenge is, okay, if we are going to sort of consolidate these massive ancient historical, you know, religious tomes, if we're going to consolidate these books, we need to identify some core concepts. Like what are the shared elements? And I'm sure if you, if you're familiar with a few religions, you can probably come up with a few bullet points that kind of fit for each. Yeah. But you think about every religion on earth (laughs) that has then evolved further over the next, you know, 15, 20,000 years there's a lot. So they really settle on one universally common commandment, mm-hmm. which is among all of the religions that they, they kind of sourced. And that is, quote, thou shalt not disfigure the soul, which, yeah. Yeah. You know what? That sounds really religious and cool and epic. <laughs> that sounds appropriately religious. Yeah. But I also want us to step back and realize. Sounds good. How vague that is exactly. (laughs) Super vague. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're totally right. It's not precise. This is not like precise language. Like tampering with the soul. Yeah. uh, That's fine. Probably. Uh As long as you're not disfiguring. (laughs) You can modify the soul. Yeah, sure. You just can't disfigure it. And who decides? Like, yeah, where is the line in the sand and who draws that line? Right. Yeah. This also, for anybody who remembers our Technology of Dune episode, this kind of parallels this question and this kind of like, where is the line in the sand, really does parallel X, like Planet X, in their building machines. Like, someone says, don't make robots. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to make these Keurigs. Right. They're like, okay, all right. Uh, Watch yourselves. (laughs) Why is that Keurig doing my taxes, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Did it just say my name? All right. All right, I'll let I'll let that happen, but you know, watch yourself, <laughs> watch yourself there. Yeah, I mean it, it is intentionally vague because just imagine this monumental task of trying to combine yeah. all the religions of humanity together into one like yeah. epic uber omega text. <laughs> you know, yeah, what an yeah. impossible task, and you know we're we're foreshadowing a bit here, but we'll get to <laughs> that in a second. But first, we got to talk about this commission that comes together. Yeah dream team (laughs) so very quickly as these religious leaders start meeting in secret they decide to form a commission that officially will have this task of creating this new body of work (laughs) 
it's so mundane. We have like a neighborhood group. We're going to like reform all of human religion. Yeah. I mean, like they essentially just formed a PTA, you know, a, a, a galaxy wide religion PTA. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we make the rules now. Yeah. So this commission, this PTA gets together and you know what? That It actually has a real name and I don't want to confuse acronyms and letters here yeah 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 it's not a pta it's not a big religion pta the the actual name of this commission <laughs> right is the commission of ecumenical translators yes and for short that's just c-e-t and that's probably how we'll be <laughs> referencing it going forward i'm a voice actor and ecumenical is still hard for me to say every time I every see it, time it i up. see that in the script <laughs> i'm like ecumenical i have to like say I panic it. I was like, real fear. Yeah, exactly. Ecumenic. So, CET. <laughs> yeah. So, the CET officially comes together. Yeah. And this commission actually consists of representatives from every single religion in the entire galaxy with at least one million followers. And Leo. Yes. That seems like a really small number when we're talking galactic <laughs> scale. Yeah. Planets of billions. Like a, a billion? Yeah. Sure. A trillion? Cool. Right. How many humans are we talking about spread across the galaxy at this point? It's crazy that there's representatives from religions with as small of a following on a galactic scale as just one million people. But they're here. They're represented in the CET. You gotta think that they missed a few, you know? You gotta think they missed a few, for sure. But- I get the intention. And again, they're not going to brand. They're not going to brand themselves like we got most of them. Right. <laughs> like they're not going to be like we got everybody who replied. They're going to say we got everyone because if you didn't get the invite, you're not going to get the newsletter about this PTA's achievements. Yeah. Shouts to the religions with 900,000 followers at this point in human history. R.I.P. 900,999. <laughs> they're like, what? There's the one guy that just converted oh, yesterday man. and they're like, Robert, why didn't you convert <laughs> two days ago? Come on, man. Uh, we missed the... Uh, dang. Religious Robert, always just tasting different religions. Can't ever pick one. You know, searching his soul. <laughs> big space. It's really challenging him. Well, the CET is also doing a bit of soul searching here. Yeah. Because their goal from the onset here, and this is a direct quote from the appendix at the end of the first book again. Yeah. Their goal here is, quote... We are here to remove a primary weapon from the hands of disputant religions. That weapon, the claim to possession of the one and only revelation. They've decided no one religion gets to claim that they have the truth. Yeah. That they are the thing that can save humanity. They're going to bring all religions together and combine them into a massive text that everyone can follow. And even just saying that out loud, I can't say with a straight face. It's going to work, <laughs> guys. It's going to work. I mean, it's a pretty good goal. Like, when you look back on how much blood has been shed by humanity over these sorts of arguments. For sure. You know, in an ideal world, we we would all get along. And if it were so simple, <laughs> maybe it would have happened. Yeah, if only. When we were all sharing a single planet <laughs> and not 20,000 years. Yeah. I mean, look look at our real life human history and how many religious conquests and war <laughs> yeah. and how much bloodshed there has been in the name of religion. You would think tens of thousands of years later, after more of that, right. people are kind of over it, or you would at least hope. And I think that's kind of the mindset the CET has going into this monumental project. So they basically assemble 
all of the books. <laughs> They're like, bring them here, all of them. Make a pile. <laughs> and some things needed to be extended, right? Like Genesis had some extended elements, right? Yep, some things yep. needed to be like abridged and shortened. You know, like, oh, that's a wordy passage. Let's let's pare that down. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover. Yeah. And some things needed to be reordered, you know, like maybe timelines didn't quite match up and it's so much right i i really think of this as like as i was reading this i couldn't help but think of like the snyder cut <laughs> like this is the snyder cut version of every religion <laughs> it's like 840 hours long oh my it's, god it's it's like a weird aspect ratio there's new music Oh my it's great. god! Super long. Yeah, <laughs> it's super long. It's got a little bit of everything, but it's not completely satisfying to everyone. Yeah, which is confusing. Yeah, that's so perfect. Jesus's armor redesign is wild. <laughs> <laughs> it got way spikier. It's crazy. <laughs> way spikier. <laughs> oh man, that's such an excellent, excellent way to think of this. This is the Snyder cut of all <laughs> religions in human history yeah and again we keep saying these things with straight faces that sound impossible right and the cet continues on this epic sort of odyssey to try and make this happen <laughs> it's gonna work <laughs> <laughs> now some of these changes that you mentioned you know shortening passages right. adapting passages to fit the new mold of human life right some happened sort of organically, right? We talk again, we bring up Genesis again. That sort of happened organically as humanity spread across the galaxy. Right, right. But as you can imagine, as humanity spreads across the galaxy, planets themselves begin to form their own sort of superstitions and cultures and identities uh -huh. to the point where it can be quite difficult to unify one entire planet with billions of people. Right. And unify their culture under one religious umbrella with even its neighboring planet of a <laughs> right. billion, you right. know, multiples, billions of people. Yeah. And so one of the challenges the CET faces here <laughs> yeah. is that they're trying to build a body of text for the entire galaxy. <laughs> and their solution to this problem of, oh, every planet kind of has its own culture and views yeah. is to print additional supplemental material yeah. for the OC Bible yeah. for every <laughs> Single planet in the galaxy. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> that is the solution they've come up with for the problem of multicultural identities across different planets and different sectors of the galaxy. <laughs> and at this point, I'm exhausted just trying to explain their goal. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you just picture the dumb looks on their faces as they went? Yeah, that seems like a reasonable thing. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the intern who's like, oh, my God, I have to write that? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely the unpaid intern's job. <laughs> They're like, y y have that on our desk uh, by uh, by Monday, okay? It's like, how many planets are there again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, in the range of tens of thousands. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's an OC Bible with a DLC pack just for Kaiten. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there's an OC Bible with a DLC pack just for Giddy Prime. And on and on and on. Gamont. For Gamont, you know? The, the DLC pack for Gamont is real fucking risque. It's it's huge. They gotta they have to amend a lot. You gotta adapt it to the culture. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. You also might notice at this point... It, it, it's a monumental task. It's a monumental task. And they are not setting themselves up for success. No. So keep that in mind. Right. So... The CET tried to kind of cover its tracks as it was building this new text because you can imagine, again, after tens of thousands of years, 
An individual of a particular faith might kind of have a chip on their shoulder about other faiths. So if they see their prophet in a chapter shoulder to shoulder with a different prophet, that might rub them the wrong way. So instead, the CET kind of tried to keep specific ideas where they came from were often like obscured intentionally. And you might think, you know, let's say you're a Christian, you might think, oh, this is a saint that I've never heard of before, when really it's a Hindu deity, Mm -hmm. or it's a character from a different text. So they were sort of covering their tracks, which then also (laughs) led to years later, years later, this, and I want to say Azar book. That sounds right. Yeah. The Azar book was created by scholars and historians, as I understand it, which basically works as a roadmap, reverse engineering where details from the OC Bible came from. Amazing. So it's like a roadmap, you know, like on page 247,191, you'll notice this character's named. That's from esoteric Buddhism, you know? Yeah. It's fascinating to think about this, like, really intense process to like hide all of your tracks and then just a couple years later someone's like ah we should probably figure out where these things came from it's just it's insane i will point out as a side note here the encyclopedia goes into just insane detail here about this element oh my god and i i wanted to include it in this episode but beyond the fact that it would just be a lot and i think it would be overwhelming to hear about if you are one to like nerd out about world religions and maybe if you have like a background in understanding religious studies i would actually really genuinely recommend check out page 557 of the dune encyclopedia it's a ride i think yeah <laughs> i got my degree in art i don't know it's yeah i don't, I don't know a yeah. very complicated page <laughs> yeah if you're really sort of fascinated by religion and history the encyclopedia goes deep yeah and basically explains parts of religions that the CET kept, parts that adapted, parts that let go of. Right. And it basically acts as like the Azar book. Right. Yeah. The encyclopedia is like, here's the roadmap to the OC Bible and what sort of, quote unquote, modern religions, which, again, are not our current earth religions. They're like Nava Christianity, Buddha Islamic. Right. But kind of traces that lineage back and, and it explains that in super, super great detail. I think I speak for both of us, Leah, when I say like neither of us are religious scholars and I wouldn't even feel comfortable trying to like explain that to our listeners. So if that's something you're into, highly recommend you find a copy of the encyclopedia and and dig into that because it's really interesting how detailed it gets. Now, the next big thing the CET had to sort of figure out was branding, baby. (laughs) How do we market this thing? Yeah. What's its hashtag going to (laughs) be? And they had to come up with a title. Yeah. And- I mean, we've been saying what the title ends up being, which is the Orange Catholic Bible. Yeah. But I kind of really dig these alternate titles. They're hilariously unwieldy. (laughs) They're like (laughs) really quite bad, but uh, but kind of fun. And we we have a quote here, right, from the encyclopedia. Yes. So this was their sort of brand strategy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They were looking for, quote, a title. One that would be brief, yet broadly descriptive. One that would reflect the ecumenical spirit without appearing narrowly exclusive. Hmm. End quote. Okay. Okay. Sure. I can get behind that. Yeah. Sure. Let's find a title that hits all of those things. Leo, 
Yeah. What's sitting in the draft tweets for the CET account for those title announcements? Because there's some early, early drafts that are yeah. wild. Listen, I mean, I know you want to thumb through the orange Catholic Bible, but wouldn't you prefer to kind of idly leaf your way through the millions of pages of the Karanjiana Zen Christian scriptures? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that just rolls off the tongue. Man. Every night before bed, I read my Karanjianas and Christian scriptures, man. That's... Oh, my God. You said it so well. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> you said it sounds reasonable. I Every time I say it, I feel like I'm <laughs> doing some crazy trick. Yeah. Well, clearly the CET was on your side because they dropped that name. Okay. Didn't yeah. end up going with that one. Another one that they had as an option. Yeah. And this one is maybe a little a little cooler, actually. Yeah. Is Zen Christian Navakron. Oh, yeah, I like that. Navakur or maybe Navakuran? Navakuran? Like like Navakuran. Yeah, I think it's intentionally using the word Quran in there. I think it's intentionally using Zen and Christian yeah. and Nava. Those are all sort of words and terms with religious context. Yeah. That one's kinda cool. Yeah, I dig it. That's kinda cool. Yeah. But then, you know, the Orange County <laughs> representatives yeah. in the C E T got their way, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day. The like great 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 grandson <laughs> of like some person from Orange County, California. Totally, yeah. They they got their way. You know, they settled on the Orange Catholic Bible, and you know what? You're gonna love the reason. Uh huh. Okay, it's this long, beautifully thought. No, we don't have the reason. We don't know why. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, Catholic obviously, and Bible obviously. The word orange here is noted in the encyclopedia to be the ancient word for a modern in Dune timeline word for the fruit, but no one's really quite sure why it's described as the Orange Catholic Bible. I don't know. It's like dissatisfying of an ending, but like many things, and actually maybe this is more true to his history, that oftentimes, you know, you ask, I tried learning some Spanish, and I remember asking questions like, but why is it that way? And the answer is like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it it just is like it just always yeah. has been does it make sense to me now no yeah but is that how it is yes <laughs> yeah and so orange catholic bible wins out at the end of the day and that is the body of text that the cet officially releases yeah and now we we've mentioned a couple of times that this was a long process that this was almost a insurmountable task that they set out for themselves Let's put some actual numbers to that. Yeah. So the CET originally met and started this process. They were hyped. Yes. They were hopeful. They were ready to release this bad boy in 12 to 18 months, baby. Pretty good. Yeah. Seven years later. Okay. <laughs> they released the OC Bible to the galaxy. <laughs> it takes them seven years yeah. to create this massive body of work. Oh my god. And during that time, yeah. as you can imagine, the CET kind of becomes a laughing stock or it becomes a point of anger for people who are like, what's taking so long, my guy? Yeah. Yeah. And throughout the galaxy, one of two things happen. One, either jokes are made about the CET, they become the butt of jokes and mockery across the galaxy. People talk about how they cannot get this religious body of text made. There are troubadours composing songs, just absolutely dunking on them. <laughs> yeah, diss tracks. Dope. Yeah. And then on the flip side, people are literally rioting because of some of the news that's coming out from the CET. Like, 
obviously, if the CET releases like, hey, here's a progress report we want to tell the public 12 months in, right. we are going to uh, absolutely just cut all mention of the word Buddha. You could imagine right. all the Buddhists in the galaxy are like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck, dude? <laughs> it's rude. So there are riots and multiple riots that claim many, many lives. Like bloodshed such a common thing in this galaxy. Yeah. But these sort of like anti-ecumenism riots break out when obviously people are mad when the CET makes one choice or another, right? Like you're going to piss off one group of people no matter what choice you make there. Uh, whether you rename everyone Buddha or you remove the term Buddha altogether, people are going to be mad. So this like epic seven-year saga takes place. Yeah. People are mad. There's riots. People are cracking jokes about the CET. Nobody actually thinks it's going to get done. It's very George R.R. R. Martin is never going to finish his last book, Energy. Oof. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really the vibe I'm getting from this, if if we want to kind of make a real-world analogy. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, some other statistics here that take place during this seven-year period. It's not an easy seven-year period by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> this is crazy. Just a couple of things that happen internally at the CET. <laughs> yeah. Nine delegates die throughout this process and have to be replaced, and I'm sure that's a process, right? You got to interview the candidates. People are got to people got to vote. Sure. People got to approve salaries, and these nine folks have to be replaced during this process. Okay, sure. Sure. Yeah. Twenty other delegates were recalled for one reason or another. You can imagine there were probably accusations of bribery or someone's sex scandal came out. <laughs> yeah. Like 20 other delegates had to be recalled throughout this seven-year period. And this last one's crazy. It's only one delegate that did this that we know of. Yeah. But there was one delegate that committed suicide by stealing a space frigate and driving it into the sun. Wow. So clearly it's not a smooth process over these seven years. And <laughs> right. both the people of the galaxy are affected and the members of the CET. Plenty of drama. I desperately want to watch the Succession TV show about the CET politics, the internal <laughs> politics taking place. All right, we're going to keep dragging our way through this material, but first, we're going to take a quick break. So, okay, take a moment, breathe. Insane. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. The book is formed, seven years, rough period. Yeah. At least one sun star-related death, <laughs> many riots, people are upset and or amused. Again, interns are upset that they have to print pamphlets for every one of tens of thousands of planets. I get it. It's a rough work day. Yeah. So let's talk about how much worse it got when the book finally came out. <laughs> you thought it was over after seven years. You thought you released your Snyder Cut to the Universe and you were vindicated. Oh, no. No, sir. And everyone suddenly loved the DC canon. No. <laughs> so the Rotten Tomatoes score mm. mm -hmm. <laughs> of the OC Bible was low. It was not great. It was, it was a negative Rotten Tomatoes score. Somehow... Hated it. People hated it. People were not happy. Yeah. And... The books were delivered. I mean, they're shipped out. And, you know, the, the encyclopedia says there was a weird sense of calm, like we finally did it, you know, and it's right. being printed out and then it's being shipped out, you know. And mm -hmm. within two months, within two months of the book delivering, 18 of the CET delegates who orchestrated the whole thing 
They were killed for their <laughs> participation in writing this book. Oh, my God. And I get it. It's religion. It's close to people's right. hearts and souls. Mm -hmm. But it, that's a bad book review. That is when you, like, go out of your way to, like, track down some of the people. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. That is that is tough. And within the next year, 53 more of them basically formally recanted or like said <laughs> uh never mind that book was a mistake it's it's not good i'm not part of it i don't like it oh my <laughs> god not yeah i mean sticking with our snyder cut analogy there imagine if massive parts of that production crew was like take my name off the credits dude <laughs> yeah like i want nothing to do with this anymore i mean kind of david lynch with the 1984 movie right right david lynch not wanting his name attached to that movie <laughs> Part of the CET, David Lynch. Part of the CET. Confirmed. Crazy. Yeah. So so the reception here, to say the least, is bad. Bad. People are not fans yeah. of the OC Bible when it comes out. Right. But what are the critics saying? I mean, the audience score, as we've established, is negative. Yeah, it's bad. But maybe the critics see the value of the OC Bible. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Kind, yeah, kind of. <laughs> there, we have two quotes here from the encyclopedia of what the critics had to say about it. Right. One quote here is, quote, they had sharpened the moral imperatives that come out of a religious conscience, end quote. Yeah. Now, that's a short quote, but it's not negative. Yeah, it's not, it's not negative. That's a positive thing to do, right? <laughs> Sharpening this moral imperative, like yeah. taking the morality of religion and bringing it into focus. That's a good thing that they probably achieved. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now, another quote, this one a little less favorable <laughs> yeah. from another critic in, in the galaxy, says the OC Bible was, quote, a work produced by the hubris of reason. That one, again, not exactly a lynch mob. It's not it, It's not literal murder. Okay, so it's not literal murder. <laughs> it's yeah. not literal murder. Yeah. But it's also not a glowing review of this epic thing the CET set out to do. I mean, it's basically saying you tainted religious beliefs with too much reason. Yeah. You know, like you, you thought about this too much. <laughs> Um, which I can imagine is a fair criticism after seven years of thinking and debating. Yeah, no kidding. So basically the critics were a little less harsh on the OC Bible, but the people of the galaxy, they wanted nothing to do with it. In fact, they basically immediately demanded an authorized revised version. <laughs> but like, can you imagine? Release the other Snyder Cut. <laughs> Release Snyder Cut 2 <laughs> after seven years and also that you just murdered some of them <laughs> because you didn't <laughs> like it. And also a bunch were like, I wasn't part of that. I don't want to be part of that. That There was the one guy who f drove into the sun. <laughs> this isn't going to happen, guys. No. This is a futile demand yeah. to be like, do it again. <laughs> right. And it doesn't. No, it doesn't happen. To be clear, like there is no revised version of the OC Bible. It is what it is. The CET has released what it has released right. upon the galaxy. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, as we have made clear at this point, the OC Bible was not a home run for the CET. <laughs> not quite. It's not going to yeah. win them any Emmys or Oscars, right. <laughs> whatever the religious version of those are. Peabody's? Peabody's? <laughs> yeah. Something? I don't know. But to its credit, as controversial as it was when it released, it did reawaken a new interest in religious issues across the galaxy. Yeah. And you put it wonderfully in our script here. <laughs> it was trending on galactic Twitter, baby. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Top of the charts. <laughs> yeah. And look, at the end of the day, yeah. even bad press is still press, right? That's true. 
Hey, it's true. People are talking about this thing. It is creating a conversation. Yeah. It's mostly dunking on it, sure. <laughs> right. But it's getting press across the galaxy. And there, there's sort of a, a, once again, sort of a new religious reawakening here. We've we've talked about galactic expansion being one awakening. We talked about the Butlerian Jihad being another. The release of the OC Bible and the epic, like, crazy odyssey that it took to release it was another point in human history where religion was reevaluated and humanity reconsidered their beliefs. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> now... The CET chairman, and I, God, I don't know how to say this, Toure Bomoko? Yeah. Uh, Tour? That sounds right. Tour? Tour Bomoko sounds right. It's spelled T-O-U-R-E. Yeah. So if you have an opinion on how that's yeah. pronounced, uh, email us at gomjabarpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. So Tour Bomoko, who is the CET chairman, basically admitted at the end of everything that like they fucked up they fucked up real bad <laughs> he's like listen guys life is crazy and confusing space is big space is scary yep we maybe didn't need to mess with religion right by the way this whole time that benny jesuit have like quietly left the room <laughs> like no one's <laughs> talking about how this was kind of their idea he's like oh, we fucked up all right and people we're not super happy with him admitting that they fucked up. Yep. <laughs> they were like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I mean, he kind of sideswiped during his apology, though, too. Like, he was like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have tampered with people's religions, but you guys kind of don't get it. But, like, we're sorry, and we fucked up. And people are like, wait wait a second. But you just don't understand. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's it's really a uh, a half apology and a half just like, y'all are idiots and you don't understand what we did right so you're right people are not fans of the chairman or his shitty half apology <laughs> right or him telling them that they're idiots weird weird so strange <laughs> so he has to run he basically had to flee this is one of our concrete examples you know we talked about in planets of dune yes the uh spoiler free episode the planet to peel which is basically like the witness protection planet yeah and this is where bomoko goes <laughs> Bomoko goes to Tupil. Yeah. And you know what? He kind of lives out the rest of his life in comfort, which really he dodged a massive galactic bullet there, I would say. Yeah. It's not bad. He goes to Tupil and kind of lives the rest of his life in peace. Yeah. And his final words, actually, before he dies, have been recorded in history. And they're actually kind of poignant. Um, it, it's worth repeating them. We have them here. His final words are, quote, Religion must remain an outlet for people who say to themselves, I am not the kind of person I want to be. It must never sink into an assemblage of the self-satisfied. I love that. Love that, actually. Yeah. Uh, like, not a huge Bomoko fan over here, but <laughs> yeah. the guy's got some good ideas, clearly. Right. And maybe a quiet life spent on Tupil has made him reconsider some of his actions. Yeah. Because this is really a beautiful quote, and I agree with it on so many levels, right? Religion is a wonderful outlet for people who are working on self-improvement or need guidance or community. And this idea that it should never become a thing that people who are too self-assured, people who think they have all the answers, people who tell you, again, thinking back to the original goal of the CET, people who claim to have the answers right. to truth and revelation. That is not who religion is for. Just 
the the word self-satisfied, you know, like good enough. I'm good enough. Yeah. It's crazy to me how at the core of Dune this is as well, this idea of stagnation. Yeah. It's not about stagnation. Always be changing. Yeah. Evolving, growing. There aren't many faiths out there that are like, you know what? You're great. <laughs> Just keep it up. You're killing the game. Don't do anything special. Just do whatever you want. You're fine. Exactly. I, I really appreciate that. Right. And you know what? For someone who oversaw this kind of seven-year disaster resulting in a book that everyone hated, <laughs> you can you can do a lot worse for final words, you know? Yeah. Good for Bomico. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Bomico. Uh, I, really, I really do love that quote. And actually, our boy Bomico got the last laugh, baby. Yeah. Because 90 generations after the release of the OC Bible, again, remember, we're talking thousands of years before the first pages of Dune. Right. 90 generations later, in the time of those first pages of Dune, in the time of Paul, at the start of the book, right. the OC Bible and the commentaries that go along with it, the you know, the supplemental DLC, <laughs> right. are standard and accepted throughout the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. They survived. And people came around to it. And I can, I can just hear... Bumiko laughing in his grave on two peel. He won, baby. <laughs> he won. He won. And, you know, there is a sort of sense that people find help. They find aid in the text. Right. Even if it didn't accomplish its goal of, like, uniting humanity and disarming the tools of religions against one another, very clearly it didn't do that. It did become sort of a buffet of, like, you want a little bit of Buddhist philosophy? Go to the OC Bible. You want a bit of you know, Hindu philosophy and Hindu religion, go to those. You can go there for kind of anything you're feeling. Right. And use this kind of really well-intentioned book to find comfort in what is undeniably a terrifying yeah. universe where you're jumping around planets. and <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's almost plug and play, right? Yeah. All religions are interpreted by flawed humans in ways that work for them. Right. right. And yeah. this idea that there's this one single book, like you've said, if you're someone who's really looking for that thing in your life, that hole in your heart that can be filled by Islamic scriptures, the OC Bible's got it, baby. Yeah. If you're someone who <laughs> desperately needs like specific Catholic teachings, the OC Bible's got it for you. There's something for everyone in there. And you can imagine that after that initial sort of rejection of the OC Bible when it came out over the next thousands of years... People came around to it and suddenly saw something in that text that spoke to them. Yeah. Because that was kind of the goal. The text was supposed to speak to everyone. No kidding. And, uh, you know, Q-E-D says the C-E-T. <laughs> That's a little math joke out there, baby. Uh, so, you know, as we wrap up, as always, let's ponder a bit. Let's throw a question out there. Abu. Yeah. If you were on the C-E-T... First of all, uh -huh. you know, I got my fingers crossed for you. I hope you make it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. What sort of like batshit crazy rule <laughs> would you try to sneak into the OC Bible? Like what, oh, what little like asterisk would you toss in just to really get a giggle in? Yeah. Well, you know, I thought about this question and we just talked about how there are parts of the OC Bible that really speak to everyone. Right. Right. I think I would try to sneak in. Something that would really speak to me. And that would be this. On Fridays, nobody works. <laughs> okay. 
and we all just watch our favorite anime. Okay. Okay. We order pizza. Dope. And we vibe out to old Kanye. Okay. Everything before Life of Pablo is acceptable. Life of Pablo is a bit of a gray area. Okay. We can talk about it. Okay. Everything after that is banned. That is a required day of chill and self-love that I would sneak into the OC Bible. Oh, my God. I love it. That speaks to me. That's great. What a that, I, Yeah, I really dig that. That's pretty dope. Okay, wait. Could we sub out? Like, you know, old Kanye's great, but I feel like there's some pretty good, like, could we do some, like, Childish Gambino? Is that permitted? Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, anime, pizza, and Kanye are just allegorical in nature, right? (laughs) Sub those out and interpret those in any way you choose. Like, transubstantiation. (laughs) Just (laughs) the, The Childish Gambino in that moment. Is, is old, old Kanye. Kanye right you know again twist my words any way you want dude i don't <laughs> care i wrote this in the oc bible because i just want you to chill and spend a day taking care of yourself <laughs> oh my god that's great so that would be my little addition to the oc bible what about you having heard your argument abu I don't think that I could come up with a better one. Like that's honestly, (laughs) I had a couple ideas they were tossing around, but I think a day of required chill and self-love, you know, show yourself some compassion, show yourself like a good time. Take yourself on the chillest, like Netflix and chill. Mm -hmm. If you smoke weed, smoke weed, have a beer, you know, (laughs) have a day. I think that's great. I think that's amazing. I co-sign your answer and i actually will throw this one out to our listeners as well yeah i'm really curious if you had you out there in listener land a crazy rule to sneak into the oc bible let us know what that is because you know i had a lot of fun thinking about it and i want to i want to hear what y'all are thinking and on that note amen (laughs) on that forever and ever (laughs) amen now i'm gonna go write a really angry book review of this (laughs) terrible book Oh, man. Yikes. (laughs) Well, friends, there is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the recording. But this podcast is always one step beyond logic, so help spread the word of Mwadib and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to check out the other shows on the Lore Party Podcast Network on loreparty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, he who controls the podcast controls the universe. We'll see you on the Golden Path.